My name is um, Lux Ligichi, and I'm the, um, the founder member of Cimarron's guitarist, musician. I was born in Jamaica, in, um, in Montego Bay, St. James, got to promote that. <laughs> yeah, and, um, I came to England um, about at, uh, 1962, at the age of um, 12. Yeah? And um, I did um, I went to school, did five years schooling, and doing the process of a schooling. Um, you know, I, I left Jamaica um, musically orientated. I was in Jamaica as a little youth. I'm always playing, um, playing, um, playing drums and, um, and tin, empty tins. You know, anything I catch, I'll be playing drums, you know. And um, so the love of music was there from Jamaica, you know, and um, I was really exposed to it. From my grandfather, he used to play musical radio at the, in the night time tuned into um, the, the, um, the American stations. And so I came to England very musically. So I did, um, I did five years schooling in England, and um, in, in um, Dunnell, down the road. And um, from school days, I always wanted, wanted to do music from the early days, you know. And, um, but I didn't know what that, I wanted to sing, for the way. I wanted to be a singer. So it carried on for a while and, until um, at school, I did try to form a group at school, but um, couldn't find the people who were interested. And it wasn't after I left school, started to work, then it all came together. You know, um, I met um, this to be a club. This to be a club in um, in you know, Stonebridge called the Thirty One Club, and that was the only club that was playing the, the, the music from Jamaica. You know, I mean, before that, at school we were always off in, in tune. My friend and Maxi, we were always in tune with, with the music coming from Jamaica. In those days, there was no um, real stations or nothing. You know, so it was like um, records our parents brought with them from Jamaica. You know, so the only musical thing started from then. But it wasn't until after I left school and um, started to move around, f you know, find a few guys to, to come in, but they weren't interested. You know, I mean, they weren't so far um, musically. Until um, I met Franklin, the bass player, done one night. Yeah. What happened is uh, um, there's a band, I mean, when I came to London, there was the most, um, most music happening on the black scene, like live, live groups and nothing, you know? So like, um, it was like we were sort of um, enslaved to the TV yeah, and the radio, and they were only playing, um, you know, pop tunes and, you know, not even soul, not even R&B, just playing um, Cliff Richards and, and uh, Pat, Bo Pat Boone and um, um, Len Lenny Delegon, you know, all pop music were playing. So, and Elvis Presley, so, so it was like, to, like Wanted to hear some some music from Jamaica, but um, it wasn't until um, that club in um, Stonebridge, the Churchman Club, that um, I heard about a group called the Shadbox. And the Shadbox were, um, they, they, say, they told me it was an all black group, Shadbox. So I was excited because the first time I'm going to see a really live black group in, um, in, in, um, in England. So I went to the club on, um, on Friday evening and um, the band was playing the Shadbox. I mean, you must remember Lassell. You know, Lassell, um, Lassell James, he was the original dance player from the Shadrachs. So anyway, I was impressed. But they were doing soul, American soul, but it was sound good, man. And um, the singer was called um, Little, Little Joe. And Little Joe, um, it was like a Yankee singer, man. I mean, Yankee vibes, James Brown, you name it, you know? And um, I asked him, I said, um, I would like to sing, you know? I have to do some singing. They told me, he told me, um, buy yourself a guitar and start one band. I thought, What's, what's this man talking about? I can't play guitar. <laughs> but I, I didn't take it serious at first. But, but after a while, I thought, think about it. I said, well, it gave me a good idea. So I brought my first acoustic guitar. 
and I took it home, and I thought, well, it'd be a piece of cake. You know what I mean? Just, bang, just get on it, and, you know? But when I get on guitar, I start playing, it's like, wow, what's going on here? Where, where did I start? You know? Don't know what to do with it. At that time, I didn't, at that, at that time it didn't dawn on me that I could um, actually join a class. It didn't dawn on me. I took guitar, and I pong, 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 can't play guitar, man. I tried, I tried, I tried. I gave up. And I put it on top of the, um, the wardrobe. In, 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 in the bedroom, but on top of the wardrobe for months until um, a friend of my mom came along and we were sitting there talking and he saw the guitar and he said to me, um, can I play guitar? I said, no. He said, let me have it. Took the guitar down and he says he wants to tune. And he's tuning. And the man started tuning the guitar just by ear. He said, ping, ping, ping. And he showed me how to tune the guitar by ear. By the said, I mean, thing and thing. So um, he showed me um, three chords and guitar, like um, G, C, and D, three chords they showed me. And I practiced at three chords day and night, and within one week, I was playing it three chords fluently. When the guy came back and says to me, can I play it? I said, yeah. He said, let me hear. I want to play three chords fluently. He says, you're playing better, you're playing better than me now. <laughs> so anyway, at the time, um, there's, um, the, 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 at the time, now, the music, there was a few record shops in, 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 London, in, um, in Brent. Yeah. Um, there's one in, um, just by down the road, um, just by the end of, um, by the train station, um, Alden, Alden train station. And I used to go there every Friday, you know, I got my first job as a printer. And every Friday evening I'd leave work, I'd be down by the record shop, <laughs> spending. So the first record I brought, yeah, was a song, was a record called, um, Ready Donkey. Yeah. And fun enough, the song really, it's like, it's a miracle, I mean, the words, lyrically. Because someone was saying, um, when I was the, when I was just a little laddie, my father bought a fiddle for me, and the only song I could play was Ready Donkey. Well, that means um, my mom came to England in um, in the sixties. She had my sister, elder sister, and um, they were living in Brent actually. It's, it's the only road, just the only road from here. Um, um, yeah, can't remember the road now. It's the only road though. We're living, so I was so I was always been in Brent, you know. And then the school, school, Duncan school is just down here. Yeah, yeah, Windsor Road. It was Windsor Road. Yeah. So um so it was always in print. Yeah, but well, you know, it's um we start from Jamaica. Because in Jamaica, um when I was when I was like a youth growing up, it was all the American American what they call boogie and rock and roll. Little Richards, um Fats Domino, those are records I was ex exposed to. Because, you know, in Jamaica, um they had um a, a station in Miami. They called uh, I think it was um K N C or something the station was called. And um at night time, the reception was so clear. My grandfather used to put the radio on. He used to pick up all these, all these new, all these singers from America. Um, uh, um, I said, "Name, um, uh, Sam Cooke, Little Richards, Fast Domino, you know, all the, the American art, rock and roll artists." So I was in tune with that song, and then, um, then before I came to England, it was all boogie. It was, it was called boogie. That means the music wasn't developed into sky yet. It was just getting there. So it was all boogie music, you know, the only boogie beat, boom, pitum, 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 pitum. Yeah, it was all boogie music. So that was really in my head. So when I came to England, I was like, um, that vibes was there, and then the ska started to come along, 1962. Because I came in 1962, and, and within, 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 uh, within uh, about three months since I've been, since I was in England, the ska took off in Jamaica, big time. It was all ska, and it was independent, you know, Jamaica independent. So. I was in tune with this man. You know, I think one of the first songs that really hit me really hard was um, 
was Bob Marley's um, Simmer Down. The first murder sounds like it was my man Brent. <laughs> you know, that music was so full of energy and life, you know. So I knew from then I got to do music. Because I was there, I, I did start working as, a, as um, 18, young, we all young people, 18 year old. And um, it, it, when I met Frank, the bass player, yeah, I met Frank one evening by Tavistock um, um, Hall in, in front on the high road. And yeah, um, it was a Friday evening, raining, pouring on the rain, and he was um, taking shelter under um, a, a Mimpy Bar um, restaurant. And I saw him standing there with his guitar in his hand, and I, w I crossed up the road because I was so, I was so bad. This guy can play guitar. Looks like he can play. So I went over to I went over to, to Frank and says, "Yo, um, can you play guitar?" He said, "Yes, you can play guitar." I said, "What?" I said, "Play for me, let me hear." Frank took guitar, and I went, "Boom, boom, could you play?" <laughs> So I took the guitar from him and I started playing. And then, of course, Ready Donkey, you know, he was impressed. So, so the music really started from from then. We, we, we did know, we did we did contribute a lot, right? Because we, when we started um, the band, it was all for fun, all fun. I mean, it came together after Franklin, I forgot Franklin in, and Franklin and I, I taught Frank to play the bass at the beginning of it. And then after a while, we started teaching each other, you know? So so like, um. We started the, the grand. We started the band because everything just came together like it was planned. Morris came up. We were at the youth center. We used to go to the youth center every Friday, so it's like everyone came together. Morris was walking one evening, so he can play drums. He was in the keyboard player walking, so he can play keyboards. He was in. So everything just fell into it, it, into the right thing, you know. And we started playing. It was all we started playing, playing at first. It was all fun. All the love of it, you know. And then the music we're getting exposed now. I mean, there's no real stations, so we have to rely on the, um, on the sound systems. Yeah, the sound system was a thing, and the club, Church Band Club, and there was a club in Cricklewood called um, the Burtons uh, every Sunday, and it was a, it was a teen teenagers club. All, all the young black black youths um, used to meet there on, on Sundays. So the music, was, you know, so, the mu so when we started the band, it was all for fun. But then um, Marius and Marius and the um, keyboard player. Used to do um, cricket, and this one and this this cricket dance, this cricket dance every um every every end of month. And they also took to play one night. We went there and played on Friday night, and it's like it was a boom. They couldn't believe it. The people couldn't believe it because we were playing rock steady and 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 ska, and don't tell people you know, those music was um was on uh, record. So to see a band played live, it was like a uh, everybody was blown away, and then it was all for fun. And then until um, a guy heard us and booked us into a club in the West End called um, Whiskey A Go Go Club. And we did a gig there. And that was it. The band just went boom, you know. And at the time, at the time we were the only band that was playing that type of music, playing reggae, rock steady and ska, only band. Yeah, Shad Rocks, but they were doing soul. And then around the same time, yeah, the band started called the Rudies as well. So we were only two bands in. London, in England, really, playing reggae at that time, you know. So we started from, and then, you know, the exp where we did the um the big skier go go club, there was a, a man there named Prince, and Prince said, "Wow, you guys sound great, man! I'm gonna get you my, my friend in um, Bristol to do some to do put you on for this club one night." And he did. We went to Bristol um, Bamboo Club, and we did a gig, and that was it, man. Bow, people couldn't believe what they're hearing because I mean, they weren't even the uh, the, the real sound from Jamaica, and we as a band we're playing. If a, if, a, if there's a record release, release every, every new releases that comes out every week, we will have them ready 
for, for our next gig. So people man, were blown away when they played these new releases. They couldn't believe it. You know? man, it's been changed a lot. You know? I mean, I mean in, in Brent, when, Simran's, when, Simran's, when the band started, I mean, we, we, gave, we gave ourselves the name Simran's. So Simran's was really big at the time. And then um, the influence really started when, um, when we, um, we went to Africa in 1969. We went to Africa, Nigeria, and Ghana. There was, this, um, there was this guy who used to work for um, the, the Ghana areas and they sponsored a band. I took us over there. And we did that work in, in Ghana, for, um, Ghana and Nigeria. We, sp- we spent, spent two months, two and a half months in, um, in Africa. And that was a good for us because it made us really, you know, expose us to, to, to the real big audience. Because in Africa, like, you paint to all, uh, and in those days, probably 5,000, 6,000 people. Not a lot, but to us, it's a lot of people. And um, when we came back to London, um, about a year after, no, not so long, a couple of, couple of months after, um, there's a, a singer called Pat Kelly. He was the first big, before, um, at the same time, we had um, Desmond Decker who, who came out. He broke out big. But um, he was sort of um, doing um, a, a touring, but he was touring with a white reggae band. A band was playing, it's a white band, but they couldn't play reggae that tough. They were learning, so it was like a, you know, not, too, not the proper sound, you know. And we came back to London, to England, um, the Palmer, one of the Palmer's brother, um, Carlisle, asked us um, if um, we'd like to, b- to back Pat Kelly. Because Pat Kelly was, um, he had a big hit in the, in, 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 in the black, in the black reggae circle. Big, big hit. A song called Oh Long. And he says to us, would you like to back Pat Kelly on his tour? I said, yeah, of course, because Pat Kelly was like a uh, Inspiration first because he's a big singer from Jamaica, and that's, that's right where it started. We started the, the tour with with um with, with uh Pat Kelly, and that was a big influence. That's where all the bands have started coming along now. Within a year, you know, within six months, there were at least four or five bigger bands around. You don't believe it, you know? Um, yeah, you had the big Mr. Bees, the Rick and Beckers, the, the, the all different names were coming along. So we had a big influence to, to the to the to the um development. It was until like we were in Jamaica, fine enough. In Jamaica, my, my um my auntie had a camera phone. Then we want to crank up. <laughs> we crank it up, and then they play the, the, the um the, the um we call the, the it was um big record like like seven, seven inch, you know. So that was first experience of um really playing disc on a turntable, you know, with a camera phone. And when I came to to England, of course, now my, my, my mom bought a little um Philips, um thing, you know, radio and, and um, turntable. So that was my first like, set, you know, <laughs> first sound system. <laughs> With big events, you know, to find a big, big event, events, it was like a um, word of mouth or um, you might f- find a few flyers or the sound system, you know, we go to some, uh, um, a, a blues dance, as we call it in those days, they would announce it. So they do a big event coming up next week and, you know, one who's going to be there, you know. And, and, and of course, um, flyers. You know, they said that the flyers, that was our main media because we didn't, there was no radio station then, you know, and the, um, the mainstream didn't want to know. They didn't want to know nothing about reggae music, whatever, you know. It, so it was like word of mouth, you know, we, we said, no, what's happening? One of my favorite reggae, from ska to reggae, was um, was Deborah Wilson, um, dancing, dancing mood, dancing mood. I remember. There was a club in um in um in the West End called the Q Club, and I remember walking into Q Club one one um on Thursday Thursday night, and you heard a song playing downstairs. 
and, and it was the first really the first time it was released like it was released about two days and he was playing it and tell you something that 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 song blew everybody mind including mine and it's like it couldn't it it, it it um it was the song was so powerful that um the dj the dj had to play it about 10 times because every time if it came to end the people says no 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 one more time that song dancing moves they, they were listen it really leaves a big impact in my mind because that song brought tears to everybody's eyes including me the song was so sweet i mean you didn't believe it you're not for the first time the song was immaculate um dancing mood yeah, the first record uh, i bought and i was um was actually um ready donkey and um a next song called um my girl by techniques you know and that was bought um i can't remember the road now but just down behind behind um, the train station in Austin, Austin street station there was a shop there in the corner you know and that was the first place i bought my first record from well for now yeah i, I do listen to reggae well in my house reggae music don't stop playing day and night <laughs> i've got i've got i've got um speakers in my toilet in my bathroom in my kitchen <laughs> i've got music everywhere in the house you know i don't stop playing music every day i, I wake up i can't cook without music you know what i mean musical food <laughs> reggae, reggae has influenced a lot of music over the years yeah the, the, the um just the, the feel and the style and the sound of reggae music has influenced a lot of people. You won't believe it. I've got some um I've got some friends in, in Argentina who's got a reggae band. They call them um, the Agrotones. And the Agrotones, they love similar to the maximum because they they like we, we are the idols. We are the inspiration for them. Because they're telling us um Simran, your music is where we learn to play reggae music from. We try to, to make our sound just like Simran's. I thought, what? This can't be happening, no? But and they're the only one. There's groups all over, groups in um in Italy and, and um, Spain that really model themselves off similar sound. So we, we, inf we influenced a lot of people. And, and it's now I'm doing it, now with the internet, and realizing how many people we have influenced over the years. The sound system, culture and Brent, Brent um, you know, was the early stages, early days, yeah? There, there were no clubs you could go to that, that were doing reggae at the time. And, you know, and there, was, there was nothing for us. So don't tell me that, it was the sound system. The sound system was um, like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Most of Friday and Saturdays, and sometimes you don't know. There's no, there's no advertising. You don't know what's happening. You just get dressed, walk around Austin, and that's it. You know, if a sound spin, you can hear it about a mile away. <laughs> yeah, and you're just walking, and that's it. You know, I mean, a dance is going on, and a person just says, um, "Oh, there's next dance happening down by um, happening down by by, by um, Scrub Lane. It's for Scrub Lane." So, but but you know. Sound system was the was the was the media for reggae music in the sixties, seventies, eighties. So um, nowadays I don't think um, uh, I don't think they're being sponsored the way, the way they should. I think sound system should be more encouraged. It should encourage and sort of um, help it to develop. The, the, the dancing I was going to music, yeah. When there was ska, there was a dance called ska, yeah, and people were very energetic, very energetic, fast moving, and then the style changed to rock steady. And then the dance became rock steady, and that was it. Then the dance, then it went on to um to to reggae, because the name reggae really started in the seventies officially, you know reggae. When reggae came along, reggae was a different dance. Reggae was like many different dances, you know. You had I could name a, I could name a thousand different dances that came from reggae, and then you had um you had the dance style, it's called rubber dub style, 
and that's all different dance again. So many different names, Water Pumpy, you know, M60. So much, I mean, and it was great because, like, every time the music changed, the dancing would change to go with it. So it was a good vibes, you know. At first, it wasn't really, it was like a fa- fashion music follow, it was like, um, the bell bottom in, in, in the um, in the 70s was bell bottom, you know. The bell bottoms were, were like tight fitting around the, the legs and the thing, but when it comes to the to the um, to the uh, to the uh, calf and ankle, it's uh, spread out. It's just called bell bottoms. So at one time bell bottom was the style uh, to go with to go with the um to go with the with the music. And then from bell bottoms, yeah, different style came along. You know, there the hipsters where we used to be the, 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 the I mean, today they they're doing hipsters today. We we chose falling off. But you know, you know, you know this wasn't falling off. It's just hung very low around the base, you know. And then, and then, then they had Oxford bugs, Oxford bugs, the baggy choices. It came there. It was around in the seventies, and it came back again, you know, the big, big, big trousers. And those really fitted in with what was happening at the time. And then as the time went on into the into the seventies, eighties, nineties, it became very militant. So we were dressing um, army, army clothes, you know. So like, it was music. Every time it evolves and changes, something comes along, the style comes along. I, I think um, the, inf- the influence part of reggae music did come with the, um, with the, the mil- militant and the spiritual side of it. When it started to get more spiritual, you know, with Bob Marley, when Bob Marley came on the scene, you find that um, people are more influenced now, and this is where the rest of culture started, you know, developed now in, in, the, um, in England, because of the, um, the, the, the music changes into more serious, conscious, spiritual music, you know. So... The, a lot, lot of youths were um, coming rasters, not many, the, but but at the time that was it, the movement, you know. But then people just dress, um, you know, different style come along, and it always started with the youths, um, you know, teenagers, you know. So it, it evolves as the government along. The, the mainstream media was very very difficult. They just want to play reggae music, you know. Um, the first time I heard reggae music play on the, on the live radio was at a Paris station called um, Carolina, Carolina. Caroline was a Paris station that was that that, 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 um, that was started in the um in the, in the sea up north. It was a ship, and when you were in a ship, you're out of out of out of um out of restriction. The, the government couldn't touch them, and they were playing they were playing everything. And I remember the first night I heard the first time I listened to that radio station. They were playing um a rock city called um, First Cut is the deepest, and it's the first time I heard that song. You know, it was a man blowing, but then after after a while. You had um you had uh, um a brother called um Tony Williams came along, and the BBC radio gave him um it was an hour, I think it was one or two hours they gave him on Sundays afternoon, and it was very popular. I used to be on the radio every Friday, every Sunday evening, tuning to um to to t- Tony Williams and just play all the new releases from Jamaica, and then later on we had um Radigan, you know David Radigan came along. And he had um Capital Radio on Saturday nights. We used to play all the latest vibes, you know. So that was only only that we had for the media, you know. It was not until it was not until um, Desmond Decker came out with um, or seven, and uh, and that was that was that became a hit because of um, Caroline Radio, you know. They used to play it, and then um, they used to play it on the radio, and not forgetting um, not forgetting um, Millie Small, my boy Lollipop, that was really that got a bit of um, media play. I mean TV and radio. You know, but after that, they saw not much was happening. You know, they saw keep it quiet and they wouldn't give us the, the media airplay until um until uh, Ken Booth came along with everything I own, and that was a fight. 
because my friend Chips Richard, he's a work with Chosen Records, and he was a PR, PR man who was go, go around and try to get promote the music. And he had a hard time man, getting getting into um, getting into BBC radio station. Mm-hmm. Every time they, they, they literally threw him up physically. But he didn't give up. He found a way. And he got he got um he got he got um he got to, to he got you know um what's the name? Um he was the first one to play um everything I own on the radio. And within within two months you now the record was number one. So it's so you could show the potential the reggae music had. Well, um, I mean, in in the sixties, seventies, eighties, and nineties, you know, it was really a good, a good, a good, a good thing for good for the youth um, in those days, you know, because I mean, when when the music changed from well, reggae was there, reggae didn't go away, but then you had different style of music coming in, what they call um, they call uh, rubber dub style, with the drum and bass and thing and thing and and then you had the, the DJs coming in and start to, to do the toasting, and the, the youth and we really locked into that. They really locked into the arm um, to the the, the, the dance hall style and there wasn't much violence you now. I mean they have a scuffle that could break out but there was no, no one get, was getting stabbed or killed. Because people these are more dance of energy. You know when, 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 when the music is called rockers, reggae rockers, where the drum is stepping, moving fast, you know. And when the youth come to dance, they just dance until they sweat. So all the anger and frustration was all you know I mean, dance stuff. You know, so there was much violence or nothing at all happening, like gangs and things, you know. I think the whole thing is big to change, start changing with, the, with, the, with the, the new era of reggae music. When you get different young artists coming in with different um, diversive lyrics, you know. That's when it's changed a bit. And, you know, and the youth start of start to follow that trend, you know, the gunman talk and the... So, uh, that, so you know, we live in that age now where we're trying to really carried forward back into those days where it was more of a spiritual thing. That's the aim now, the aim is to get back into spirituality where the youth can really not get too violent. <laughs> it plays play a big part, you know, because I mean in Brent, you know, Brent, uh, I mean Brent should be crowned the reggae capital of reggae music in, in England. Not, not even, yeah, in England, not even in Brent, but the reggae capital of England is Brent, right? Because when we started here, you had so much singers came out of Brent. And they all d- done very well. You had Junior English, you had um, Vivian Jones, mm. you had, you had actu- actors and actresses, you know. You, you, you had so many artists, singers c- come out of Brent. I couldn't name them, I couldn't name so many that came from Brent, you know. So, um, and then um, it started spread to, to North London, Brixton and um, Acne and, you know. But Brent is the capital of reggae music, you know, undisputedly. We have done um, many, many years now. I mean, Simran's, at Simran's was the foundation group, right? We're the pioneers. We were the first group that took live reggae music to France. I mean, you had, um, you had Desmond Decker, who was the first reggae superstar before Bob Marley. You had Mini Small. But they were doing, they didn't do what we did. We took the music to the people in uh, street level. We said, we saw a van and we, 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 we loaded the van with equipment, jump on the ferry from Folkestone and literally drive into France. So we took money, we took the first gig we did in France, yeah? Uh, and we blew, the, the people were so blown away that we were, we were doing France like every, every month. We were in France touring, you know? We took reggae music to um to Holland, yeah? First time, we took it all over the place. And we, I said, we, we, we're a band that, we're streetwise, we're moving on the street. We're, I mean, we're taking, we're taking the music to places where you wouldn't imagine. We went to Ireland, went to Ireland, we were in, in, the, in those days when they had a problem with the, um, with the natural front and there's a lot of shooting and things going on. 
No one wouldn't go to, to Northern Ireland. Nobody would go there. No pop singers. Nobody were afraid of going to Ireland. And when they asked us to come and do Ireland, we didn't think twice. Yeah. We went to Ireland, first record band in Ireland. And we blew everybody away. They, 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 even today, they're still talking about it. <laughs> I think it, it, it doesn't. I think it affects a, lo a lot now. Because, I mean, we had, we had Asbad coming out of, out, of, out, of, out of Brent. We had um, so many hit go, go, I made it really big came out of out of Brent. And I think the influence it, it did have a strong influence, you know, as I was saying, it had a strong influence right up until um the the the, the late nineties where it started stuff. The hip hop people that the hip hop thing started coming and they for all different different the, the bottom is they used use all different music to and they used to promote it a lot on the radio, funny enough. Like the jungle and the, the, the this and that. This and the hip hop is to promote money radio and reggae music. Because what they were trying to do is to completely stop reggae music totally now. They were trying to stop it totally. Right? Because I mean, at one time with Trojan Records, Trojan Records was was the the company for reggae music. Trojan Records, if it didn't fall apart, they would have been like the more tone of reggae music in Brent. You know? And and, and you know, the, the it was Trojan was, was Trojan had records in the top ten. British charts for about for about three years, you know, <coughs> for about three years, <coughs> for about three years, reggae music dominated the top twenty in in England. A lot of people don't remember that, but looking charts, you could see top ten. There was everybody there: Pioneers, uh, Derek um, Ariat, um, Dan Livingstone. Everybody was everybody was in the charts, you know, and that's one of the reasons why they um, they pulled the plug on us because we're dominating too much. You know what I mean? We're dominating. Reggae was dominating. You know, and they try to <coughs> they stop it by pulling the plug. I, I call it pull the plug. By pulling the plug, I mean they they um they they, they find a way to, to close children down. Yeah, we said different story. Children's story, different story, but it was like a conspiracy. They brought children down, and that was it. For reggae music to be in the chart, it had to go through what they call uh record um shop that um they call chart chart return. So your your you record had to get into chart return shops. So you can enter into the into the charts, and to get there, you, you have to go to the, the big distribution company, distribution company like EMI or whatever, Columbia, and they didn't want to know. So it was a conspiracy to stop reggae music. I would like to, I'd like to see um, reggae music preserving print by naming, you know, a friend of mine kept the idea, and um, it's a very good idea, like naming streets, like you know where, where Trojan Records used to be at the runabout by the courthouse. That's where Trojan Record was. I think they call it runabout, um, Trojan runabout or something like that. Yeah, think like that. I mean, the, the change, name change. You know, that in particular that that's that road the runabout. You call it, you call it um, Trojan runabout, or uh, you know, but something to do with, with, with reggae music. You know, and um, you know, put up put up um, even put up monuments. You know, but even um, like up in um, Alden High Road, you could put something there that really represent reggae music as being a part of the borough, you know? So it's name change. Call put up new name put some names up, you know? That that's one way of preserving it and making people it will last for many, many years to come. You know, won't go away. Because we've got a we've got a, um we've got a blue plat in um Tabstock um centre at the moment. That's where the band started from, same runs. So that's a good thing. That'll be there for many, many years to come. So that's, that's what that's what needs reggae music needs to be preserved that way, where you you go into a library and you you can see things visually, you know, 
and name changes. That'd be a good idea. 